0: It's time for Moment of Truth with David Moses.
1: sego ani bojo kwekwe tansi, and welcome to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses, and you are listening to Element FM in Ottawa and Toronto. 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. You could also be listening. On the Radio Player Canada app, if you download that app and type in 95.7 ELMNTFM or 106.5 ELMNTFM, you could be listening anywhere across the country, any time of day, on any device of your choice. So, now that we've got that out of the way, I would like to welcome my first guest to the show today. I'm very pleased to have this man in the studio we have a film to talk about. Richard Bell is a Canadian film director and screenwriter. He is most noted uh, as the writer and director of the films 18 and Brotherhood. Brotherhood is the film we're talking about today. And Richard, it is a pleasure
0: to have you here. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here.
1: You know, I have to tell you that uh, I, I, I uh, uh, because I'm so busy with, with things here, I, I tried to uh, watch the film um, this morning, earlier this morning. Uh, and my password wouldn't work, but, uh, but I did eventually get, get access to it, mm-hmm. and I'm glad I was able to do that, uh, and I have to tell you that I feel like I was transported not only over time and space, but of course the, the story is, is based on, on fact, it's, ba- it's a true story, but I am still recovering, if I may say. Does wow. that make sense to you?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the best compliment a filmmaker could probably get. You've made my morning. Thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I'm glad I made your day. Uh, you know, it it's not necessarily a happy story, but I, I you know, honestly, I, I I I love the way it opened. Mm-hmm. Uh, it grabbed you right from the very start. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love the way it went back and forth between the tragedy and and you know, the 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 the, the characters. Uh, as I was watching, um, is this is this an entire Canadian cast? By the way, oh
0: yeah, absolutely. Fabulous. I would only ever cast an entire Canadian cast. I don't I don't have a lot of tolerance for Canadian movies. That kind of I, I get it, and I get why because there's so many boxes to tick when it comes to pleasing financiers and mm. funders and partners and distributors. But we have such amazing raw canadian talent here and we you know we need more of a star system but like Mm. we have brendan fair and brendan Mm. fletcher in this movie Mm -hmm. and are they super duper stars no are they like are they stars in their own right and amazing articulate actors yes and faces we know i mean and faces we know like you know brendan fair goes all the way back to roswell in the early 2000s and and brendan fletcher is known as the you know the actor's actor Mm -hmm. he's a force of nature
1: you know, and, and so you have the strength of those those great actors and the great cast. Uh, but before we get any very much further into this, it's based on a true story. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you, uh, for the pe- people that haven't seen the film or know anything about it, do you mind just explaining a little bit? Yeah, it? it takes place
0: in 1926 at, the, at Balsam Lake, which is in the Kawarthas, and the Brotherhood of St. Andrew Leadership Group, which is out of St. James uh, Cathedral Church here in Toronto, mm-hmm. they gathered at Long Point uh, for two weeks of camping. And they set off across Balsam Lake in a 30-foot war canoe, uh, you know, singing, you know, my battle's keen and bright and having a great time. And a summer storm kicked up from nowhere. Uh, They were broadsided by a wave and they went tumbling into the water. So the movie is this survival story about them surviving the night. Um, But as you said, I don't tell the story in order, Mm -hmm. um, which I very pleasurably uh, do. Uh, It starts with the accident and we ping pong back in time to see the events that brought us to, you know, this cathartic moment. Um, And then also, you know, um, the moment, uh, the moments afterwards. Yeah.
1: Now, and I have to say, I was I was emotionally uh, connected to the film right from the very start, as I mentioned to you. Uh, I I was tearing up a few times, and it was because of the strength and I think the writing. So congratulations. Thank you. Uh, I have to say that, uh, uh, you know, I was I was yeah I was sitting on the edge of my seat. I was I wanted to see every. I didn't want to miss a thing.
0: Thank you. Well, and the thing that's really uh, a pleasure for me is. Um, We've only had a a few screenings up Mm -hmm. until now, but uh, it's been attended a lot of the time by the cast's Mm. parents. Mm. So the parents have seen the movie about three or four times. And uh, I mean, of course, by default, they're going to be proud and everything. But the comment that I keep getting back is, I see something new every single time.
1: You know, and 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 I think there's some really interesting uh, moments that you capture in there uh, pertaining to modern day. Yeah, Even though, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's well, you got to make it relevant, right? You know? uh, yeah, you do. But yeah. it's it's humorous in ways, right? Yeah. we got to get these kids away from from electronics. You know, <laughs> they, yeah. Well, just he, sitting in front of the radio. Yeah, <laughs>
0: Robert Butcher, the leader, played by Brendan Fair, he says uh, the kids spend their entire day sitting in front of the radio, and you know, you can you can fill in the blank there, like whether it be Minecraft. Or Pokemon right. Go, or whatever it is. Yeah, there's a, there's a modern equivalent.
1: But you know, the the other wonderful thing about this this story and it's filmed beautifully. Thank like you, Adam
0: Swigo is my cinematographer. Yeah. He's like a real wizard.
1: Yeah, and and you know, it has that that look of of the day, mm-hmm. right? And it's it's, it's and it really helps to to add to that whole mystique and things. But um, you know, it looks a couple of things popped out at me outside of of the the filming of it all one just as a cast as the cast the guys looked like they had in many ways a great time they yeah really they did, did. They, they did bond <laughs> as a brotherhood yeah um the sad part about that is of course that this is based on true story and there was a tragedy involved mhm um but you know uh as i said it's it's wonderful see, uh, wonderful to see that camaraderie that happened um but, you know, you even tie in some other things that you don't necessarily expect to find. And what I guess what I was ref- referring to, and it was nice to see, was the, the element of the indigenous mm-hmm. culture and history that yeah. was tied in with the area and how you even wrote about, you know, their bodies are buried right here. You're walking on, on where they, you know, they lived.
0: And yeah. Died. So Balsam Lake is traditional Ojibwe land. Mm. And, uh, you know, Robert Butcher... You know, Obviously, I had to fill in the blanks with creating his character, but he was, um, he was very much someone who had a lot of respect for uh, tradition, and he was a great lover of Shakespeare and uh, a historian. So in my mind, he was someone, I, he tells the boys, he says, you know, this is old Ojibwe territory, like we're walking on, you know, where they're buried, mm-hmm. they, they hunted here, they fished here. Mm-hmm. Um, and they play lacrosse in the movie, which then, back then uh, the traditional word was Bagataway, right? And he says, you know, warriors played this game, and it was to honor the creator, and they worked as teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then also the lovely thing about it, like the magical thing about that, was that we actually did shoot on Ojibwe land. We shot on the Mishapakot First Nation, which is mm-hmm. outside of Wawa. Mm-hmm. And we did a smudge, like with their chief, we did a smudge before we started shooting Um, The people on the reservation worked on the movie. The props were built by First Nations um, Seamster's Uh, The dock that all the boys stand in and that first Mm. shot that you said that you liked, that was made with trees that had been felled on the reservation. And, you know, they milled it and they built that for us. Mm. And we left it behind for them because they're like, oh, we want to use it for a wedding. We're like, it's all yours. (laughs) We could also do things on a reservation that we couldn't do in a provincial park. Right. So that's it's their sovereign land. It's their sacred land. And I like there's things that I, I feel like you don't see in a movie or know uh, unless you're hearing an interview like this, but I do think that there's things that you feel, and I think that the magic and the the, the beauty of shooting on like a real Ojibwe land uh, and this movie is about community and and working in tandem with the first nation. I, I think that an audience can feel something that there's some kind of there's some kind of sparkle there, yeah, I, I
1: would agree with you. You know what, what's interesting is the other thing that you say there were some things you, you could do that not necessarily elsewhere or, or might be more difficult these days perhaps is that uh, you know this is this we're talking about this is about brotherhood but it's, but these boys come from uh, it's after the first world war mm-hmm. and and the boys are fatherless because their fathers have been lost in the war. And so that's what this is all about, building them. And in some ways, this is a movie in very m- in real terms after this tragedy uh, of, 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 you know, uh, 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 coming of age uh, for, for yeah. many of these guys. And, and, and tough coming of age for the in, in terms of the lead boy. Right, Waller, uh, yeah. yeah, played who, by Jake Manley. Yeah. He's, a, he's
0: a little rebel. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: who is you know kicking and screaming all the way. Yeah, uh, and and of course, you know, uh, Mister the butcher, Mister Butcher, is mm-hmm. rightfully so takes him aside. Yeah, uh, to vent some energy and pushes him to the limit and then turns him loose on a tree.
0: Yeah, yeah. He (laughs) says, pick on something bigger than you. He puts an axe in his hand, and he says, you know, pick on, like, you know, cut down this tree. Mm. And I think that uh, for Robert Butcher, he's sort of like a quasi-father figure Mm. to this, you know, young kind of hotspur. And, uh, and, um... And, you know, Waller resents that. Yeah. Um, but I think Waller, the movie, like, deals with masculinity in many forms, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of archetypes here. But Waller represents the animalistic, angry, uh, you know, to the boiling point uh, version of masculinity. Mm-hmm. And he needs to work things out by, through action, yeah. which, you know, scientifically, it's even found that, you know, boys are just more action-oriented or they learn in, a, in yeah. an action-oriented yeah. Uh, way. Yeah.
1: Uh, and so that's that's very fascinating about that. And again, uh, you know, as you learn that these boys, you don't know it right off the top that they are are fatherless. They're all boys that have lost their fathers, so they're all dealing with that. And then there's of course the inner relationship between mm-hmm. uh, two boys that are brothers. That are yeah. There. And, and that's wonderful to see because then, as you go through the movie, you get to see the backstory yeah. on on all these characters, yeah. and that fleshes it out, and uh, it only makes it more endearing for you. I think as, yeah. as you're going through there, I
0: love the relationship between the two like real brothers mm-hmm. in the movie because I'm I'm a middle child. I have an older brother and I have a younger brother, and you know my older brother flew in from Vancouver last night to come see the movie, <laughs> and he's obviously well. I mean, he's super duper proud, and right. and and I am. Um, you know, I am perpetually his younger brother, like, <laughs> even though I'm 44 and he's 47. And so it's great. Like, yeah, brotherhood, just it touches my heart. Yeah. Um, what made you decide to do this? How did you find
1: out about the story?
0: Yeah, I saw it in a, I saw a newspaper article mm-hmm. uh, when I was living in Toronto. And uh, it was about an 80th anniversary mass that was done for the boys. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, so I reached out to the Anglican minister who ran the church mm-hmm. uh, and I drove up to Balsam Lake and I said what I, I said to her what I wanted to do and what I wanted to accomplish. And she took me out on the lake and she was sort of like the ambassador of Balsam Lake. And um, I she showed me the plaque that was hung up in a church there and I did a rubbing of it. Mm-hmm. It was during TIFF uh, many years ago and I brought it back to uh, Toronto as pitching producers and then I'd give them a rubbing of the plaque. Um Hoping that that might help, it it didn't actually. But um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just found it in the newspaper, and I just went, "Wow, that's such a great story for a movie." You know, I, I noticed in one of the clippings that are in uh, you know some of the some
1: of the stills that are taken to support this, uh, and, and and you know in the title about this tragedy in the in the newspaper and the Globe, I think it was nineteen twenty six. Yeah. that right beside it, there's another story about five women.
0: Okay. Did you happen to see I, that I, right I, next to I, I, They were
1: also on a lake. Oh, and, and something
0: happened to them? No, they oh. were
1: all they were all fine. But they were on a boat that the motor went dead and they were afloat for four or five days. Oh really? Which was really but they were all they was all safe. But I just thought, wow, you know, there's another story there.
0: Yeah, and Canada you know, Canada is a or has been traditionally, uh, you know, an outdoorsy, rough and tumble Mm. sort of, you know, frontier. So I'm sure that there's many stories about that. But when you think about it, like now we're like, oh, my Wi-Fi is down or, you know, my like, like I'm not getting a signal right now. And that's what makes makes us anxious. But when you think about how our grandfathers and our great grandfathers went out, you know, on a lake or they went canoeing Mm. or it's just like, yeah, they didn't have anything like that. Mm.
1: You know, the other, the other thing that's interesting, of course, in the backstory of all the characters, not only of the boys, but uh, Mr. Lambden, uh, y- you see their own personal tragedies, mm-hmm. uh, the loss of his own son and, and the epidemic. You know, it, and so it, was ev- it even goes beyond the war. Yeah. And, and, you know, these are things that we don't necessarily have to deal with anymore these days because of, of all the vaccines and all the things that yeah. we have that, that help protect us.
0: Yeah, well, um, I remember seeing a play called, I believe it was Unity 1918 by a Canadian playwright, and it was about the effect of the Spanish flu Mm. pandemic Mm. on Canada. Mm. And it's just fascinating, like, when I was doing my research on the Great War, you know, everybody was just recovering from this huge conflict, and then we have all these soldiers who came back from the trenches, and because they were in close quarters... They brought back a bacterial bullet, um, and they yeah. gave they gave you know the Spanish flu to their loved ones, mm. or or they you know succumb to it themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like a tragedy on top of a yeah. tragedy, yeah. and uh, people don't really quite remember the Spanish flu and and its effect on cat well its effect on the world. Mm. But it's just for me, it's just kind of like that tragedy within a tragedy is just like soul shuddering. Yeah.
1: I want to go back to something before I forget about this. Oh, mm-hmm. before we go any further, I just want to let people, I'm so engaged with speaking to you, yeah. I just want to let our <coughs> listeners know that you're <coughs> listening to Element FM, and uh, this is Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. My guest is uh, Richard Bell, and he is a Canadian film director, a screenwriter. We're talking about his film Brotherhood, which he is the writer and director of, and uh I'm sure that's going to have, uh, you you talked about some recent screenings. Uh, Is it going to have wide distribution at some point?
0: Yeah, sorry. So it opens today at Young Dundas. Um, There's a screening at 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 10 o'clock. It's guaranteed to show for a a week, so it's guaranteed to show until uh, December 12th. It's all about that first weekend in Canada, so Mm. hopefully if we're well-attended this weekend, it'll open in other cities. Like For me, personally, I'd love for it to open in Vancouver because you know, that's where my 96 year old grandma is and I want her to see it and I don't want to rent a theater. Um, so hopefully, you know, we'll see how it goes this weekend. Like, you know, Canadian films sort of die on the vine on that first weekend, but I'm hoping that people come out and see this true Canadian story and they see that it has cool factor and, uh, and it gets out there. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, it certainly has my vote for whatever that counts for. It uh, counts I, for I, a lot. Thank you. Well, I hope that our many people uh, do go out and see it. It's a film that definitely is, is deserving of being shown uh, widely, uh, not only uh, because of how well it is done and how well it, it is presented, but because of the Canadian content that is, is there uh, in, in, in our history. Uh,
0: we so. have such great stuff in our history. Yeah. Like, I don't know why Canadians, we're kind of like apologetic about <laughs> it. Or, do you know, like the Americans, like they, the Americans like celebrate everything. And, the, you know, the Brits, you know, are, are, have a, you know, the proud history. And we're just like, Oh, yeah, that happened and that happened. Mm. Or, you know, now we're like canceling history or, Mm. you know, we're looking at history from a from a unfair modern lens. Mm. I think that we have. I can't wait. Like Mm. there's so many. I feel like, you know, these stories need to be mined. Yeah, I I agree. I think that
1: uh, hopefully in the future we're going to see a whole lot more of, of Canadian stories coming out, I'm sure. Uh, as I'm sure you know, there is a, a plethora of, of indigenous stories yeah. that could be told. Yeah, and
0: indigenous film is having a great time yeah. right now. Yeah. You know, I haven't seen the Grizzlies yet, but I'm mm. so proud of like, what they accomplished. Yeah. Um, uh, indigenous film is, is, is skyrocketing, and, mm-hmm. and deservedly so. Uh, speaking of
1: that, just going back to your story for a moment, which I thought was a very lovely, subtle moment in the film, after the tree is felled yeah. and it falls... There's a very lovely, gentle moment when uh, everyone is so excited about this. They chopped this tree down and they all go, you know, very excitedly off camera. And we pan back to the to the tree stump. Yeah. And then we see a little fox. Yeah. Come across. Yeah. And he's standing there and he looks at the tree. It seems to be looking yeah. at the tree. Yeah. And, it's l- and it's and it's like, what have you guys done?
0: Yeah. 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 No, I love it. <laughs> I, wow, I love watching my movie through other people's eyes. Right. That's that's a real treat for me. <laughs> um, we do have these... Uh, and it's so funny because people say to me, oh, the moments with the animals mm. uh, it really speaks to them and it really uh, sticks with them. And for me, uh, <clears throat> in the movie, I wanted the animals to bear witness. Mm-hmm. There's also this feeling that uh, when a storm is coming, mm. usually the first... Uh, things oh yeah, that you know sure, about it are absolutely. the animals. Absolutely. The birds start going crazy or yeah, something. Yeah. So there's this storm Flies that's Flies will
1: start biting you. <laughs> yeah.
0: There's this storm that's descending on Balsam Lake, and mm-hmm. these boys don't know that it's coming. But in my mind, in the poetry of the movie, the animals do. Mm-hmm. And uh and that and the animals are bearing witness to what happened to these boys right. on that lake in nineteen twenty six. Yeah. Uh there is so much more
1: you know i love uh, some of the lines it, you know as we've talked about earlier uh, about it's a coming of age for these boys and and it's tough uh, especially uh for one particular youth who who ends up taking the the lead mm-hmm. um as as we lose some of the some of the people on the uh, uh and the sacrifice that is then made which is then brought forward to to him and he sees what's going on you know but you hear some of these other wonderful lines that are setting this all up of course right like for instance, the line about a hero. A mm-hmm. hero is only someone that can't look away.
0: A uh, hero is just a man who's too afraid to run away. Oh, run away! Yeah, Sorry, yeah. I, I couldn't
1: hear the last. Little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that line. Plus, um, you know the 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 story about the brothers. When I guess the older brother kind of gives the younger brother false information about his father.
0: Yeah. He, the the. Um the older brother and the younger brother have a very conflicted relationship and a very conflicted, a different memory of who their father was. Mm-hmm. Uh, the younger brother thinks that the father was a World War One hero. Right. And the older brother disagrees. Uh, I don't want to give too, too much yeah. away. Uh, and then um, later in the film, the older brother actually tries to do a one eighty on his story and convince his younger brother, who's feeling disillusioned about the father that he was actually a hero. And it's the, the, I mean, the, the film is very much a study in, well, in many things, but about the whole idea and notion of heroism. Yeah. And sometimes being a hero is just showing up. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a line that the older brother says that he says, you know, our dad was a shopkeeper who Mm -hmm. volunteered. Yeah. Uh, so when you think about it, we didn't have conscription right away for the Great War, yeah. and it's just like, wow, a shopkeeper who volunteered yeah. is a hero right. for volunteering. Yeah, and like that's there's a, such a dignity in that. There's mm-hmm. a dignity in showing up. Yeah, um, and whether what he did in the trenches or not was heroic or not is, right. is kind of moot after that.
1: Right. But it's interesting, of course, uh, when when uh, the older brother then reveals something else later in the film Yeah, uh, when he, he himself makes a sacrifice yeah. uh, to his younger brother. Um, uh, you know, And then there's the, the other line uh, w- that uh, Mr. Butcher says when he is about to make a sacrifice. Uh, and he turns to Waller and he says, you, uh, you want to know why I did what I did mm-hmm. in the war? I didn't do it uh, for the country. I didn't do it. I did it for the man beside me, behind me. You know. And I thought that was another real, you know, touching
0: yeah. and and uh, boom, yeah, you know, hit you over the head. It has Im- it has impact, yeah. And and uh, if you talk to soldiers and veterans, you know, whether it be um, Afghanistan or mm-hmm. <clears throat> peacekeepers, or just even reading interviews and whatnot, they're not there. There isn't this feeling that they're doing it necessarily for king and country. Mm-hmm. They're doing it for the person they're standing next to. Right. And maybe their loved ones back home as well, yeah.
1: right? Uh, yeah, so there's some some fabulous uh, lines and some fa- fabulous moments. I, th- I think that everyone can learn something from watching this, you know? I, think I had a
0: great experience yesterday with school kids, like ah. um, middle schoolers, right. uh, grade six to eight, came to Cineplex yesterday. And it was all arranged by the teachers, mm-hmm. and there was fifty kids. and I was like, "How's this gonna go?" right? <laughs> like like, first of all, it took me five minutes to get them to turn their phones off, <laughs> but which is also kind of like you know a bit of a theme in the sure. movie as well, right? Yeah, uh, about you know disconnecting from technology. Yep. But they got their phones off. they watched the movie, and they all had great questions afterwards. They all really nailed the theme. Uh, and then I took them on the TTC and we went to St. James Cemetery on Parliament Street mm. and I introduced them to the boys, you know, mm. who are like forgotten to time. And mm-hmm. um, the 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 gravestone is was covered in snow and covered in ice. Mm. And some of the guys just got down on their knees and just started whittling away at the snow and the ice. And it revealed their names. And, you know, they asked me more questions about the boys. And, you know, for me, it's very moving because you know, for like the nine years making this movie, I used, to, every time I came to Toronto, I'd go to the cemetery and I'd give the brotherhood a bit of an update on how things were going. It's like, Oh, telefilm signed on or Ontario creates just gave us some money. But like bringing those middle schoolers to that, to introduce, and I s- actually said to them, I'd go, I was like, Hey guys, like, you know, uh, here are some middle schoolers who just watched your story. It, that's, that's everything to me. That's everything. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: so, so there you just on something else that this this film is aside from from just uh, uh, a a moment in history and and uh, something that that actually happened. It's it's educational, and that's exactly what I think when I said you know I think mm-hmm. everyone can learn something out, uh, from this film
0: and have something to take away from it. In, I'd in love to get it in schools. Yeah, and do you know what I'd love to do? I would love to do a screening at St Michael's School mm, because no, but, of what happened there. Mm. Because I think that that's like. Uh, I, like, I don't have any personal connection to St. Michael's, mm-hmm. but you know, it's a, it's a religious school, and it's a school that has been wounded, and it's a school that needs healing, mm. and I think a screening of Brotherhood at a place like that would be a very good thing. Mm.
1: Yeah, uh, I think you, you might be right there. You know, the, the other thing that I, that I wrote down is, as I was watching it, uh, when the tragedy is, is, is taking place, and it's alluded to uh, earlier in the film, I knew it would come back to it, The Watch... Yeah. And uh and, and the watch uh, unfortunately belongs to someone who said, "Oh, I will it to you," you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, that's one of the tragedies that happens and uh, sorry, it's not the watch. The watch gets saved. It's it's uh, Mr. Butcher when he gives the the young uh, boy who was afraid to get in the water because his father drowned. Oh, he gives him his compass. Yeah. And 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 the Boy loses it Or he drops it Yeah the kid drops it
0: And I went Oh man Yeah 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 (laughs) Well you know like uh, Screenwriting 101 Is kind of like uh, You've got to make Your characters (laughs) suffer And this is something That I was talking to To the kids yesterday Mm -hmm. Right Because because I was like, you know, what makes a compelling movie or what makes a compelling character? And, you know, they're talking about, you know, the Hunger Games or mm-hmm. Star Wars or whatever, sure. right? And it's just like all those protagonists need to suffer. Yeah. So you just kind of, like, put... You pummel your characters yeah. and then chisel away and then they, you know, they bloom. Yeah.
1: And then these characters are pummeled. They really they're are. They're totally pummeled. They really are. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's when I say it's it's that coming of age. It, it really... Uh, and that happens, of course, at the end when uh uh mr lambden is uh, he's ill he's recovering, and he tells the boys to go to the hospital, and they say no we're, we're staying here We're with
0: staying you. right here with you yeah yeah
1: it, it's a it's a great film, and i I, I say Nyawa uh, we've for uh, and thank you for creating it
0: thank you so and much bringing
1: it to life for us to see. And I hope you all, I hope you have all the best with it. And and I certainly hope that everyone gets to see this film.
0: I really do too. It's a, it's a, it's a great Canadian story. It's a true story. Even if you don't like the movie, you, you have to like, you have to love the true story of it. The, the, the feeling of camaraderie and the feeling of sacrifice and just be proud as a Canadian of the stories of the building blocks of our nation uh, we have a lot we have a lot of stories to tell here in this country,
1: and, and not only that, as i said it 's beautifully shot, and you get to see some really wonderful time uh, uh, uh pictures, you know the trains uh, oh you know, yeah and, you yeah, know, and all that stuff that I love period i yeah. just i
0: love like the thing that the best thing about being a filmmaker is that we get to be time travelers, yeah, and for me, like my idea of of a heaven or an afterlife would be that I get to travel through time yeah like that would be great yeah. so and, the closest I can come to that is doing it in the film, yes.
1: So as you say, and you know, it's, it's the costuming, it's, it's all those wonderful things that you get to see that we, it you know, wasn't that long ago. No, it really wasn't.
0: Ninety 93 years ago was not that long yeah. ago.
1: It's changed so much. So I think it's yeah. great that we were able to, to do that. Uh, Richard, it's been wonderful having you here today. I thank you so much for coming in and sharing this with us and, and uh, being able to, uh, to bring this story to life.
0: That's my pleasure. It's a total honor. Thank you.
1: Our pleasure. That is uh, Richard Bell. He is Canadian film director and screenwriter. We've been talking about his film that he wrote and directed, Brotherhood. Uh, and uh, look for it. Look it up online. Brotherhood, find out where, but where it may be screening uh, in your neighborhood soon. Check it out online. Uh, I guarantee you will not be disappointed if you go to see this film. And uh, it's Canadian content right down to the core.
0: Right down to the core.
1: So uh, please do, by all means, support it. But please don't go away, because we'll be right back here on Element FM and Moment of Truth right after this. Welcome back to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Ottawa and Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa, 106.5 in Toronto. And of course, you could also be listening anywhere across Canada. If you download the Radio Player Canada app and type in 95.7 e-l-m-n-t-f-m or 106.5 e-l-m-n-t-f-m you could be listening on your device of choice 24 hours a day anytime you want i'd like to welcome my next guest to the show and it's a pleasure to have chris burkett and sherry Talon. they are both in the studio joining us and it's a pleasure to have them here
2: it's a pleasure to be here david thank you
1: you, and uh, they have a new CD. It's called the Free Spirits. But before I go any further with that, and perhaps we might have a song uh, a little bit later on in the show, the CD is entitled Eleven Eleven. Now that mm. seems fairly obvious, guys, to some degree. But why Eleven <coughs> Eleven?
2: I'm glad you asked that question. Eleven uh, Eleven is a very um, uh, mysterious number. It has spiritual connotations. Um, it uh, indicates angelic activity. And uh, so it has that side to it, but it's also there's 11 songs on the album, mm. and uh, it was officially released on CD, baby, on uh, November the 11th, Ooh. and our s- CD release party is January the 11th mm. at Say What in okay. the uh, Front Street. So, right, right. so we're we're kind of into uh, numerology and you know that sort of thing, and okay. I, I think I think numbers have a significance, mm-hmm. and uh, you may have noticed to uh, people out there that sometimes you see. Eleven, eleven. Some strange things will happen. You look at your clock, and it's eleven, eleven. Yeah. There's, there's something uh, mysterious about that. I can't tell you what that is, but uh, it's it's something which we find really, really interesting.
1: I think that's interesting. You tie that in because I think as we mature as as people and as uh, a, a globe. We are finding, uh, and we're coming back more and more to those spiritual kind of connections that we seem to have drifted away from.
2: Yeah, I think most people, um, I don't think people totally get it yet, but we're getting there. I think Mm. we're in the age of awakening now, which is Mm. a really uh, important time. But we're actually, you know, we're we're actually, I believe that we're actually spirit beings Mm. experiencing a material existence Mm. for the purpose of evolution and it, it, i believe that the universe is a university and we are we are ascending on that uh, the whole course of learning
3: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, learning towards perfection i guess you could right. call it. but uh, so i think that um we're you know this is a really Im- important uh, time I, i've actually written a play called the age of awakening which okay. uh, which i um uh, the music's all done and um hoping to work with uh Duke Redbird who's a First Nation elder we friend. know him well he's a friend of Buffy St. Marie's yes. he he, uh, he expressed a desire to help with the script because we tried uh, we've been trying this for 2 years now this to get this play on the on the road but uh, it's the first script was not uh, not working at all so yeah. The script writers didn't understand what I was trying to do. <laughs> so. okay. well,
1: no, that's interesting. So, is there is there some sort of a tie in with indigenous culture, or is it just this greater um, spiritual uh, kind of awakening that seems to tie in with universality? Universality.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, I believe that the First Nation people are much more in. In touch with reality than uh, us. Hang on a uh, sec. Repeat, us, repeat that, please. Well, okay. <laughs> I fir- believe that the First Nation people are more in touch with reality than us the Westerners. We li- we live in our heads a lot, mm. and the, and the vortex of the mind tends to block uh, the, the intuitive power that we, we, we could have. Mm. We have a, we have huge potential as human beings, huge, but we don't realize that potential in this lifetime usually because we are full of still full of uh, barbaric tendencies like fear and. You know, self-preservation and all that stuff. We're still living on an animal, animal level. I think that the uh, the First Nation culture they they realise they the the presence of the Great Spirit, and the and the Great Spirit to me is a, we we call it in in our culture we call it God, but mm. i prefer to call it the Great Spirit because it's a it's a, it's something that's in everything. It's in us and it's in every manifestation. It's everywhere and it's beautiful, and we can contact that. We have that in us, all of us. But we don't believe we do. We've been told or programmed that we don't have this. So, and that's partly why we use the word the free spirits for mm. our project because we we're very uh, we're kind of spiritual people. Mm. We're not mm-hmm. religious people, but because religion is something that mm. man has made up. Mm. If, excuse me be saying that, or at least the manifestation of known right. religions is right. is not uh, that close to the, me- the original messenger. Right. I believe in the messenger. I'm a big fan of Jesus yeah. Christ. Mm. I'm a big fan of Mohammed, I'm Mm. a big fan of any uh, Guatemala, all the people that brought messages to this planet. I think they're just like divine beings. And we just uh, went off the track and for whatever reason, you know, political greed, selfishness, ego, all that stuff. We actually went off the track. And uh, so I think the First Nation people are much more in touch with the the great spirit than, than we are. So we have a lot to learn from them.
1: Well, thank you for saying that as a first it nation it <laughs> person, I uh, <laughs> <laughs> very much agree, uh, agree and, and think that I wish more people would would tune into that. Y- you know I they think you, you touched on this uh, a little bit because I was going to mention it as you were talking about uh, about this you know in, in terms of uh, the church or, or, or religion versus spirituality. Um, the idea that, you know I was wondering how much do you think Ego plays a role in that too, in getting in the way <coughs> of opening the mind to other things. Yeah, so, you uh, know, in order to to just have more of a an indigenous view, not necessarily yeah. indigenous, but more of an open view. Yeah. of of not about greed or or, or, or you, know, you know what's in it for me. Because mm. I think that's what, I- in that's many ways, the, the indigenous view is. Yeah. It, it is a more universal. It's about us. It's not about what uh, what do I get out of this? Yeah, we all can all benefit.
2: Yeah, well, the ego is a, the self-affirmation aspect of us. And, of course, it's necessary for survival on this material world that we live on. So you can't actually, in some Buddhist cultures, they talk of the destruction of the ego. But I don't believe that is actually possible or necessary. But the, the ego should be, uh, should be a, 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 a thing we can use, mm. not using us. Mm. The problem is we, it uses us. and Our self-affirmation is so strong that it borders on selfishness.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, so, if we can accept that we have an ego and it's a survival tool, mm. but but we uh, we're spirit beings, mm. the, the spiritual power of this universe is far higher than egocentric qualities of humanity, far higher. So we let's connect with the higher spirit, mm. and then that will put everything else in place. Right. So. That's, that's my feeling about it. So, so I don't know whether Shelly wants to say anything about ego. Um,
4: well, I was going to say about the album, the lyrical content of the mm. album, we, we uh, like to make connections. So there's a lot about the environment. Um, there's just a lot about um, reflections. We have a song called Like a Vision. Mm. And all the songs were kind of gifts um, because as artists, you know, you're sort of seeing what's going on in the world, like the way you we were saying, and, you know, talking a lot about things, the political and mm. religious things. So as artists, we sort of see these things, and then they come out as these beautiful melodies and songs. And of course, the lyrical content is very special. Yeah. On this album, the eleven tracks, um, the one cover song we did is "Everyday People," mm. um, which you know as Chris <coughs> said, it's like one of the best songs mm. of, for world peace mm. and harmony. Yeah. Mm. And uh, so we, um, and then the, the other songs, we wrote a song called "The Hidden Life of Trees." That's based on the book. Mm-hmm. Um, that Chris Peter, Scott, Peter
2: but, Wallerman, uh, the German author, mm. he wrote yeah. a book called The Hidden Life of Treason. Mm. Um, just, we, we sent it to him and he loved it. Yeah.
4: <laughs> um, so we wanted to take this album uh, and really make a statement, lyrical statement, but mm. of course also a musical statement, mm-hmm. working with an incredible mu- record producer, sure. like Chris. Yeah, no kidding. It's <laughs> just been, you know, incredible for me yeah. because all of the songs and all of the parts and all of the vocal arrangements, uh, we had a song called Seeds of Peace. Mm. And that was used on a climate project, uh, the Al Gore Climate Project. Mm. Um, somebody had heard it and really liked it. And so we just really wanted this album to make a, um, a really strong statement mm-hmm. about our world and about the connections. And I think that's the thing about First Nations. I was living in Charbot Lake for many years, and that's a big First Nations community. And um, what I realized is that it's, it's all about really just like respecting the our world and respecting mm-hmm. each other mm-hmm. and um, all of those things.
1: Yeah. Well, I uh, thank you for that, uh, Sherry. Also, I want I want to thank you for bringing up the fact that we do have this. Uh, very well respected and well uh, known uh, producer in, in the midst. We haven't gotten around to that yet, so I want to thank you for for introducing Chris as such. I wish um, do
2: a separate interview, and I'll tell you some of my uh, funny stories. That would be with, uh, uh, well. I wanted to try and get to, to some of that. Yes. Now, uh,
1: can I ask before we do talk a little bit about that? Because I, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, you know some of your your production uh, production work and the people that you've worked with a little bit, yeah. just to give people a sense out there uh, because they might have gotten the wrong idea about the the interview. we been talking a lot about <laughs> spirituality, which is great. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that yeah, at all. Um, but uh, can you can you tell me how did you guys get together and, and start this this working relationship and the album?
2: Uh, well, the showy's got a better memory than well, I have for detail. Um,
4: <laughs> I, well, I, I met Chris mm-hmm. um, at uh, the Sherburn Studio. Mm. And um, uh, we were, uh, he was working on a piano piece for me. I write original piano okay. instrumentals. Yep. And I found out Chris loves flutes. He okay. does a lot of recordings, a <clears throat> lot of, uh, he gave me his album, Be Creative. Yeah. Right away, I love the title because I'm a mm. very creative person. Mm-hmm. And also, I believe very strongly in creativity. Mm-hmm. And when you're in a creative place, it's so beautiful. You're not worrying. You're not thinking of things. Yeah. So I listened to his album and I was blown away. And then Chris um, asked me to, in return for my uh, the piano yep. piece that he worked on for me, I did a penny whistle part on a song called Turning Around the Sun, uh, which is just on mm. the SAC video of the week. Um, yeah, that's and,
2: funnily enough, coincidentally. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: Uh, and then uh, he invited me to come out and play with him. Well, of course, I was just <laughs> excited, like you sure, wouldn't believe, because uh, sure. I loved all of Chris's songs, yeah. and I spent a lot of time learning them and working on them. Mm. And then um, we just began to write uh, together. Mm. And so the Free Spirits, we actually have a whole other album ready to go, um, but um, the—you know, we're both very creative people, mm. and um, we just seem to be able to come up with some really, really fun ideas. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and so had, how long have you guys been working together then?
2: Uh, we met about four years ago, I think, okay. wasn't it? Yeah. At uh, my old uh, studio in Sherborne Street, mm-hmm. and um, it kind of went on from there. The, the al- this album took a long time because I, I'm very busy. I'm mm-hmm. always producing other artists. You know, yeah. I, I just finished. I finished Buffy's Saint Mary's yeah. album yes. uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, medicine songs. Yep. But I'm always helping local artists to realise their dreams too. Mm-hmm. So, so I didn't really. Um, We've only been able to spend like one day a week. Mm. So you could say that, so how many, uh, how many? (laughs) Weeks is in two years. It's hundred. We don't. We spend about hundred days. On the <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't, you have to do the math. But yes. <laughs> we that's had
4: the great. luxury of making the songs really as good as we wanted because we didn't have. Um, yeah. Basically, Chris came up to my sure. little cottage in Musselman Lake, mm. uh, and we had a song called. Uh, it's called Four Elements on the album, but originally it was called Peace from the Geese because mm. we have a lot of geese up there, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a lot of from lot geese, of beautiful yeah. nature yeah, that's, a se- that's a secret title. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Get <laughs> well, we didn't, uh, the the album is essentially about peace. Mm. You know, it's, it's uh, that's why we, uh, we just we do a lot of research on YouTube. And we've been listening to Yes and Gentle Giant, all my favourite bands from the seventies, and that and that yeah. that kind of exp- that had a lot of influence on the arrangements.
1: Really, And, okay.
2: uh, and of course, Peter Gabriel, who I worked with years ago. So yeah. so we listen we listening to all that stuff and getting a really good. But we just, while I, we were researching, we discovered. Sly and the Family Stone, Everyday mm. People, and mm-hmm. I was listening to it, and uh, in fact, we were listening to Larry Graham, who's the bassist, <laughs> we were checking out one of his tutorial right. videos, he's a right. real dynamic bass player, you know, the Thumbs, Thunder Thumbs guy, right? Yeah. Uh, so, we, and then when that led us to Sly Stone, and then we heard um, Everyday People, and we thought, that that is a really, really good peace message. Yeah. You know, do you remember, do you remember the lyrics? Yeah. You know about the blue one getting on with the yeah, green yeah, one, and the black yeah, yeah. one, and red one, and yeah. the white one. And how we don't accept each other, and we're, right. but we're just everyday people. Yep. And, we just, and We just thought it's got to go on this album because the whole essence of this album is is to try to help us all get on better together. Mm. You know what? This the biggest scourge on this planet on this planet is separatism. Yeah, you know we don't. Um, Carlos Santana went on CNN recently, and it was a wonderful interview. and And he was saying, if you go take a rocket ship, you know, go out. Out of space, you look down on this planet, you don't see political boundaries and <laughs> you know don't. you don't see anything, you see nope. a one humanity, and yeah. that's the way we ought to start right. thinking, you know. And the lady says, Are you saying we should, you know, uh, drop our borders <laughs> and He says, Yeah, the, <laughs> in the future right. <laughs> we should drop our borders and get all get on, you know? It's not, <laughs> yeah, it's simple. So so that's the the, the essence of peace is is, is to end separatism right. in culture, in in uh, financial status, all mm-hmm. the stuff that separates us. Mm-hmm. We need to get into a one humanity mode. Yep and uh you know well, you know that, that goes happen.
1: you you go tie right back into uh something that that uh, is tied in with the American Canadian border that separates mm-hmm. the countries which is a man-made border just like yeah. all the other ones yeah. and uh you know the indigenous cultures that lived in this area and these six nations there's they span both sides of the border they don't recognize that, there border that border because yeah. it wasn't there before yeah. so uh it ties in exactly with that that idea yeah i
2: mean we got to to move forward we have to we yeah. have to look back in some ways to move, in order to move forward, because we, 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 we separatism appears to be increasing. Yeah. And uh, that's why on the new record, on the ARC version of Everyday People, I wanted to, we wrote a little piece in the middle, which you'll hear, which is a Middle Eastern piece of music. It mm. wasn't on the original record. Right. And the reason I wanted that, and the video director, uh, Tom O'Morian, who passed away last week, sadly, but it's a, mm. a tribute to him, this video as well. He found some footage from the Haji and the, the some Muslim footage mm. you know? and i want i want we're, we're everyday people, so we got to there's, there's, a, there's a lot of problem separatism about about the Muslim faith and the, and it, it should not exist you know mm. we' we're, we're on the same planet we' all we all breathe the same air you know we' all have the same water that we've we're under the same sky it's we really need to drop all this separatism you know and that's why I wanted to put in the middle of everyday
1: people I wanted to put something right. middle eastern right. Uh, I want to let everyone know that you're listening to Element FM and uh, this is Moment of Truth I'm your host David Moses my guests in the studio are Chris Burkett he's a multi-talented award-winning producer singer-songwriter composer and sound engineer and he is also joined by Sherry Tellen they are the Free Spirits and they have their new CD 1111 we've been talking about a multitude of things <laughs> so far uh, we <laughs> hope to get some maybe a piece of music uh, by them they've mentioned the new album mm. 1111 The Power of Love I believe is the song that Sherry uh, alluded to earlier
2: The Power of Our Love The Power of Our Love sorry yeah, there is a song Called power of love. Yes, the power of our love. Sorry, I missed a couple of words there. Was essentially saying that that, that, that love is. If you, it's not just love between a man and a woman. It's Mm. love for the love between humanity is could be so powerful. It could just Mm. open up a whole hole in the universe for for our ascension. So I, I believe that the. We're all ascending beings, mm. and it's almost like a stairway to heaven, you know, like right. Led Zeppelin. Thing, but but <laughs> that's about something else. But, <laughs> but uh, anyway, we, we have that potential of opening up the sky and opening mm. up the universe with if we practice unconditional love with each other.
1: Mm. Well, why don't we give it a listen? Yeah. If you guys are I'd up for to, it. Yeah. Well, great. Yeah. Uh, so we'll have a, gu- have, have a listen to uh, Chris and Sherry performing uh, The Power of Our Love live right here in our Element FM studios, and then we'll come back and talk to them after that. Don't go away. Well, Stay tuned. We're going to listen to this right now.
3: When I touch you I can feel my spirit fly When i are near me Feels like we're in the sky Our vibration All the world feel Even though we're Living in deception We continue To be free This vibration Love catches me every time The power of our love will open up a hole in the universe The power of our love will open up a hole in the sky We are climbers, Climbers. we're climbing to the stars (laughs)
1: <laughs> Great uh, job. Yeah, wow, yeah, yeah. what a fabulous song. Uh, <laughs> thank, thank you both for, for doing <laughs> it's that. It's a pleasure to sing it. Uh, you. And, uh, you know, you mentioned earlier some uh, some 70s bands, Gentle Giant, and and uh, I think you said Yes, and, uh, you know, that reminded me of uh, uh, Jethro Tull and Ian Anderson yeah, there yeah. on the flute. Yeah. Shari's <laughs> <So laughs> uh,
2: a big Jethro Tull. Yeah, well, there, yes. you there you uh, go. There you go. Nicely done. Think but, uh, well, we, we were listening to, like, Jean-Luc Ponty, Mavrish, mm. um, New Orchestra. Oh, yeah. Sto- All those vinyls I had when I was in my 20s. Right, yeah. And I just used to go nuts about, it. and I sit there for hours learning the licks, you know. But uh, we we it just like we we use that influence to help us arrange this album because uh, we didn't want to stick to the the old A B C format on songs, you know, mm. just mm. just to get radio. Yeah, great. Yeah. Excuse me saying that, but it, so we're we're trying to uh, we have songs which are not on this album which we're developing. Uh, there's one there's a song called Boyfriend, and it and it has literally like. Ten songs. It's like a mm. yes song. Mm. You know the, the way yeah. the yes used yeah, to yeah. be like ten different sure. songs. and Yeah. Yeah. And like Mozart used to too, right? So, right. But uh, so we're 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 getting much more into that. Which I think it'd be it'd be nice if the music business came around to that. I think it's possible that artists can now work uh, with less restriction as to format. And, and, mm. uh, the the business has always been about you know conforming to a format. Yeah. And, uh, and I think now that everything's opened up, you know, labeled, yeah. labels aren't, don't have the same control over artists they used to and a lot of independent stuff is happening and I actually see that as a good thing. So,
1: mm-hmm. uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because that was something I wanted to ask you about as a producer and someone that's been in the industry for quite a while working with a number of different artists. You mentioned mm-hmm. Buffy St. Marie, of course. We had Buffy in the studio. We, we interviewed her and there was a, a, something you mentioned uh, and it, I hope it comes back to me about something she said uh, oh, I know what it was. It, it, you know how you, you were talking about how the, the things are swinging more towards this, uh, uh, you know, very sort of uh, separatist kind of a, mm. a view and, and political things are happening where mm. uh, it's more authoritarian kind of things, elect people are being elected, that kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, Buffy describes it, of course, as a pendulum. Yes. You know, that's what she said. It swings exactly. one way and it's just going, and it will swing back the other way.
2: Yeah, uh, in fact, the pendulum uh, imagery, Fits exactly what's happening with gender right mm. now. Uh, mm. we, we have uh, we've been suffering from thousands of years of female suppression on this mm. planet, mm. and uh, it's been perpetuated by uh, man man made religions too, mm. and uh, and it still is in some cases. But I don't believe that any planet in this universe, and I think there's a lot of inhabited planets in just this universe. I don't believe any planet can be called a civilized planet if they don't have gender equality. And we're we're kind of swinging that the pendulum was like. Way over on the mm. left or right, whichever way you look at it. <laughs> and, and, uh, but uh, I think it's, sw- it's swinging back the other way. Yeah. And, of course, you're going to get a, re- a reactional
3: mm. Uh, mm.
2: swing to that. So mm. it's going to be like, you know, but I, I believe that when the pendulum comes to rest, we will have perfect agenda, gender mm. equality on this planet. And that would be, that'll be a wonderful thing.
1: Uh, so, so Chris, uh, you know, getting getting back to to your your career as a producer and some of the people you've worked with, of course, which is uh, quite a, a wonderful list. Uh, you know, you you worked with uh, Sinead O'Connor, you have worked with Desi- Dexie's Midnight Runners*, you oh yeah. worked with uh, Bob Gallof, Quincy <laughs> yeah. Jones. Uh, oh. I love this one, Mel Brooks. Now I oh did yeah. watch <laughs> that video. <laughs> I did watch that video. <laughs> oh, oh my God, it was so much fun. <laughs> oh, it was yeah, so, yeah. and of course, it's right on the heels of the producers, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that's great. Uh, talking Heads. Yeah. Now, y- the reason I mention these artists is is it goes back to what you were saying about the industry, mm. and you're saying there's more independence now. Artists don't have, a, or the the the, c- the companies don't have as much control. But you know, and you talked, you alluded mm. to. The, the vinyl albums you used to go back to listen yeah, to, right?
2: It's yeah. well, so kind of coming back now. Uh, vinyl well, and that's
1: right. what I was going to ask you about. Mm. Do you see that swinging back? Because, you know, in the heyday of when, you know, you referred to Yes, mm. uh, this is really like huge mm. productions, right? Massively long. You know, Jethro Tull had like a 60 uh, minute uh, song, you know, yeah. thick yeah, as I a brick. And, you know, th- and there was vinyl. all these these very lengthy theatrical, you know. Mike Oldfield? Uh, uh, yeah. The all well these. Do you do you think that's going to swing back? I mean, I mean you know, right now, uh, for instance, you're hard pressed to find a solo in a song that's on the radio, right? There's, yeah, you don't see those anymore. It's exactly. Just yeah, out. it's considered an old hat to do yeah. a guitar solo,
2: for example, right. which is uh, the, but that's that's changing. I think they, I think the, the uh, obviously the restrictions of vinyl was time, right? You could mm. not put more than yep. you know 15 minutes on yeah. a side, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure, like, yes, and Gentle Giant would have made it even longer tracks. So could have, could have done. yeah. <laughs> but, but now we have uh, we're in the digital digital domain uh i mean analog does sound warm and it's really nice but i have to tell you as a producer that i'm not uh, i've moved on i've been working on uh you know hard hard disc formats mm-hmm. for a long time now mm-hmm. and i used to be an analog guy yeah uh but i could tell you it's, it's, i find it so much more creative to work on digital now because like for example when i did the mel brooks records i did uh two records with him Hitler rap and uh uh, Good to be the king. It's another movie. <laughs> well, he uh, Mel couldn't really rap in time with music. Oh, you know, sure. He was a great film producer, but right. he wasn't really mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. on the uh, on the money as, yeah. far as groove goes. So um in the end, I gave up trying to get him onto the track. I just I just said just freeform it. Mm. Just say what it says. Hi there, people. You know me. I used to run a little joint called Germany. I yeah. was number one. The people's choice. So I just got to. Do, Bang that out on, mm-hmm. the, on a quarter inch tape, yep. And then I'd, I would, with the help of a china graph pencil and the pause button, I would <laughs> fl- I'd fly in line by line into right. the 24 track. Yeah, so yeah. I was doing this two, three, four, drop in, you know, like right. right, wow. with two hands, yeah. And it's, it's destructive, as you know, analog tape. If you drop right. in too early, sure. you've got to do it again, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, yes, used to do window edits, they used to cut the 24 track and move a whole section, mm. just a little window to somewhere mm. else, you know. So I don't really miss that because mm-hmm. it took me. With, with uh, the Hitler rap, it took me like two days of editing right. to get him in time. Right. So I'm sorry to say that, Mel, but I'm sure you understand. <laughs> he, he did say uh, something to me when he left, <laughs> so I'm getting him back now. <laughs> <laughs> he, he said, well, Chris, it's been great working with you, and uh, this record's going to make a lot of money. But very little of it is going to trickle down here, <laughs> 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 and it didn't. <laughs> well, you know that,
1: that's that's interesting as well, and it brings us back to the industry. So over over the time, over time, we've seen changes mm. in the way music is. You know, it used to be albums. Yeah. Now people are just releasing singles. Right? Yeah. It's, a, it's yeah. single by single kind of thing. So that's one change. But production values have changed as well. And I'm wondering where you see this going, and do you see that that it might be swinging back the other way to more more uh, more longer songs more in you know mm. more of what it uh, used to be well I think it? every
2: stick has two ends right mm-hmm. every coin has two faces um i think the 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 good the you know the the potentially bad i i don't believe in good or bad, I think it's all experience but the the, the negative to this situation is that there's no money to produce. There's hardly any money now to make records, so people like me, record producers, mm-hmm. I help. I work for like a tenth of what I used to work for. Sure, but I don't mind because as long as I can stay alive
3: and pay yeah. the rent, I'm cool. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, So that, so that's a, like a you could, could call that a negative. But the positive is that there's freedom of expression, which never existed now. Mm. Uh, we don't have to go, we don't have to go through a, like a, a coke sniffing, you know, A and R mm. guy mm. whose only interested interest is. Accounts and money. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can actually people could just do what what they want to do, and of course the question is, how do you get heard? So yeah. So it's so it's now come down to the passion of the artist to believe in what they're doing and to go non-stop to promote promote it. And they can do that yourself now. You don't right. need a label. Sure. You just need it, passion right. and energy. Right. And we do as many gigs as we can in, in Toronto, and we're mm-hmm. just you know we've just put out this, our debut album as a as a band. Mm. And uh, we're you know we're out there promoting it. We're going hopefully going to go to Australia uh, you know, mm-hmm. maybe next year. Right. Uh, but well, you know we'd like to crack Canada first. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but we could never do that. I mean, I, I work I worked as a producer for, for the last forty years, and uh, I was the in-house guy for Ensign Records. The late Nigel Grange, mm. and whose brother is Lucian Grange, who runs the Universal Group.
1: Mm.
2: So Nigel was a passionate what I call a real A&R guy. Yeah. Uh, he, he actually loved music, right? And Lucian doesn't like music. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I did it with him a few times, and I, it became evident. But uh, so we're never going to get signed to Universal after saying that. Okay, well never <laughs> mind. <laughs> so anyway, the point is that we're free to express what we want now, and yeah. it's really down to your passion to get it heard. Okay. So that, that's I see that as a really good good thing for the future. Right. Music.
4: Uh, you know, yep. Chris has done a lot of songwriting workshops. Well, so we both we both have. Yes. Um, but what we've noticed too, and what, one of the reasons why we like telling people that when we listen to bands like Yes or Jean Luc mm. Ponty, yeah. is because um, what are their what are the new artists' influences? Yeah. A lot of times we'll go out and we'll hear new artists, yeah. and the first problem is that we can't really hear their lyrics, uh-huh. uh, hmm. their articulation, mm, and right. a lot of times when Chris was doing uh, voting on Indie Week and mm-hmm. Indie One Hundred One, mm-hmm. it was like you know, what were you singing about? So that's the first thing. Mm. And then the other thing uh, is about what are their influences? And we actually heard an interview with John Anderson back in the 70s, and he's like, this is going to be amazing. What are artists going to be like in the future? (laughs) But what we're finding (laughs) is that a lot of the newer artists, they don't have those influences of some of the greats that we we did. And so we're always trying to inspire the young artists to listen to some really wonderful artists so that um, they they can put their music and produce it in a way out mm. of the box. Mm. And when you listen to Seeds of Peace or some of the songs on this album, mm. you'll hear these beautiful vocal arrangements mm-hmm. that, that Chris mm-hmm. has come up mm-hmm. with, and um, they're just really, I think, very inspiring.
2: Yeah, yeah. That. I have to thank John Anderson for that because <laughs> I, I just love I love the way he used to do the, you know, and Chris Squire, yeah, the two greats, the two greats, oh, great, two, two great both great people from Yes, yeah, 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 the lead yeah, vocal, just, like, yeah. just amazing. I mean, you see him live on YouTube. And, you know, it's not the studio version, but it's live. But the vocals sound really good, even live.
1: And, you know, I'm glad you mentioned yes, because I was going to uh, uh, get back to this. Are they still considered, is it the best or the greatest rock bands? Because I know, you mm. know, the Rolling Stones are, but it's one of the, Were they considered the best or the greatest? If it yes.
2: depends if you're, uh, if you're basing it on sales yeah. or on quality. But if you're basing it on but quality, I mean, you play me, play, playability, but, and, and, and yeah, well, talent, I mean, right? Well, there's there's so many really oh, that's yeah. unbelievably great. I mean, if you listen to Jean-Luc Ponty and oh, the people yeah, he works sure. with, that and Gentle Giant, they're 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 just as creative as yes, but in a in a different way. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. they're all multi instrumentalists. It's yeah. just it's just amazing. So yeah. I, I, it's hard to say with the, who is the best bands. Uh I think the Free Spirits are probably the best <laughs> band right now. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. All right. Oh listen, listen
1: Chris, something I, I wanted to, to uh get back to is you were you were sort of mentored uh a little bit by Tony Viscotti, yes?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I was signed to his late Good Earth Records back mm. in the um in my twenties. Yeah. <laughs> uh I won't tell you what year that was, otherwise you'd better work out a whole time. But, but uh the um uh we we did two albums with Tony. My band was called Omaha Sheriff. Right. Uh and uh you can you can find Omaha Sheriff out there on YouTube. It's great. we were really into, like, Genesis and, yeah, yes, yeah. and you know, you can hear the, You hear it in the compositions. Mm. But Tony was such a great producer that I was, he was really responsible for me transitioning from being an artist to, to being, to work on the other side of the glass, you know, becoming mm-hmm. an engineer and then onward to producer. Because I was yeah. watching him work and I was just fascinated how he got these great piano sounds and right. drum sounds and, He's a great engineer, too. And yeah. then I, so when I did one of my uh, albums in, when I was living in Paris called Freedom, yes. I contacted Tony years later and uh, asked him if he would you know mind playing on my record. So he played bass on a couple of tracks. Wow, that's great. A track yeah. called uh, Call Me, which you can hear yeah. out there on the web. Uh, that's Tony on bass.
1: That's wonderful. That's great. Yeah. Uh, listen, we're almost out of time, and I'm sorry to say that. I hope that you guys All will come, come back out. again because <laughs> I think to... there's so much more we can talk about. <laughs>
2: Oh, I've got I've got a ton of funny stories to tell yeah, you that about, be, about yeah, yeah. some of the people I've worked with, which uh, we should have a whole session just on that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That would be great. But for now, uh, let's let people know again that uh, that you are both here, uh, Chris Burkett and Sherry Talent. You are the Free Spirits and you have this album, 1111. 11. People yeah. can look you up at thefreespirits.ca online. That's yes. correct. And uh, Chris Burkett, you can look up uh, online as well. dot uh,
2: chrisburkettmusic.ca. Yeah.
1: Chris and uh, you Canadian may yeah, You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Chris, uh, briefly just before we go, uh, you were born in London, you you yeah. spent a lot of time in Europe, and I think you moved to Germany for a while. Or,
2: no, I bought a chateau in the south of France, built a build studio yes, down that's there, right, yes, uh, with some of the royalties I got from Sinead's record, It's right. <laughs> in <laughs> the days when you could make money making records, but uh, yeah, I've lived everywhere, I've lived in a lot of places. I, I, I was in Hawaii before I came here,
1: but now you're in Canada, so yeah, how, what's the how did you end up
2: here? Uh, Mostly through Buffy St. Marie, actually, okay. that, that, because um, I met uh, Buffy St. Marie's uh, official video director, yes. Joan Prouse, mm-hmm. and uh, I was playing guitar for Buffy on the third album we did together, and we we did a, a show at, at uh, Massey Hall. Mm. And so Joan's uh, official life story of Buffy St. Marie documentary mm. was released alongside the album called Running for the Drum. Okay. Was, so we had it was a double release. Right. So she was at the concert, and then I met her, and then we stayed in contact, and I ended up moving over here. Mm. So Okay. So it's, it's uh, because of Buffy I found Canada. But um, I have to say that I just love being here. This is the one country where I have actually thought I'm going to stay here. Mm. You know, I've been in a lot of different countries. Mm. I, I was in Paris for a long time before mm. I moved here. Mm-hmm. I released Freedom there, and uh, the French didn't really like my... Music because I was singing in English, so I started singing in French because right. I didn't speak French, and mm. uh, and then they said I had too much accent. So then after that, I thought. <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna have to get. I'm gonna have to get across <laughs> Atlantic. Isn't <and> working. <laughs> well,
1: we could talk about that as well. I, I, I did travel Europe for a little bit, and I remember some stories about being in France <laughs> and uh, some Americans that were uh, trying to get some information speaking English. But that's another yeah, time. That's another we story. can talk about that another <laughs> time. Uh, uh, but before we go, I just want to also mention because I, I wanted to you alluded to this. Uh, it's your your uh, your previous uh, uh, either song or CD that came out about uh, be creative. Be creative. Yeah people can see that video online and yes, uh, they can, can and, and hear the lyrics and, and they yeah. can check it out online as well and that's another song yeah, that, uh, that
2: video was directed by the late Tom Amorian mm. who, who also did our latest mm. be, uh, yeah. Everyday People yeah. video and uh, he died of a heart attack last week and we are very sad about yeah. that so at our, uh, I suggest you all come to our yes. CD release party yep. it's on January the 11th another 11 in there but, uh, at Say What right 67 Front Street, Toronto. Yep. And we're going to be doing a tribute to Tom O'Morian on that nice. uh, show and showing some of his videos that yeah. he's made for us. So Fabulous.
1: That'll be great. So, yes, once again, uh, you can see the free spirits. Uh, on January 11th at Say What uh, in Toronto at 67 Front Street, as Chris just alluded to. Chris Burkett and Sherry Talon are the Free Spirits. Their new CD is 11.11. It's been a pleasure to have them both here in the studio. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I wish, really, that we had more time. I'd like to talk to you so much more about some stuff. It's so exciting. But for now, it's just been a pleasure. Thanks for, for performing the song. And uh, just been great having you here. We look forward oh, to having you
2: back again. David, thank you so much for having us yes, having us on. So All so right. And, and Andrew on the sound, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah, my sure. man. <laughs> That's right. It, it takes
1: more than one person to put on anything. Yeah. I also want to say Nyawa, Miigwech, Wanishi, and thank you to everyone who helps put Moment of Truth together. They include in Ottawa, Jill Kennedy, and Caroline O'Neill. In Toronto, Andrew Johnson, Luca Capone, Kathy Zabokin, Bruce Barber, Andrew St. Germain. Nyawa, Miigwech, and thanks for listening.